0: Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we will discuss with industry experts on how to create wealth and build passive income from apartment buildings, self storage, mobile home parks, and much more. Here is your host, Jonathan Way. Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Way, and I'm the founder of Grayson Capital Group, my investment firm. If you're interested in passively investing with us, please visit GreystoneCapGroup.com and join our Investor Network. Okay, and now on to the show. Hello, Bronson. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much, Jonathan. Excited to
0: be here. Thank you. Bronson Hill uh, is uh, has been raising capital and is a capital raiser uh, for, I think, one time at Nihok Equity. And um, he's well-known in, in raising capital for multifamily syndications. And he's my guest today. And we'll talk about a little his background and, um, and how he started in, uh, in raising capital. So, bronze, can you tell me a little about yourself and how you began this journey?
1: Sure. So, like I mentioned, I'm getting over some illness, so my voice, I might be coughing here a little bit, but uh, but yeah, so I my background is in medical sales. I was a well-paid uh, professional in medical sales, did that for over 10 years, and I just kept saying that while I was doing that, I was making good money, and I think you can relate with this as well. Many people listening and say, hey, I'm making good money but I'm really grinding here. I'm having to do this quarter after quarter, month after month, year after year. And if I don't go to work and I don't sell more stuff or, or do my job in a certain way, I'm not going to get paid more. And so I, I kept trying to think, what's the way that I could leverage my time so that I'm not doing necessarily a time for money trade? And so to me, multifamily really became that. I had some real estate experience, Uh, But I came across uh, a cousin, a more distant cousin, and said, "Hey, why don't you uh, look at doing multifamily?" I said, "I don't have the money to do multifamily." He said, "You can raise the money." And so he said, "You know, read this book, go to this training, listen to these podcasts." So I did everything he said, and he's a pretty well-experienced multifamily guy. And basically, that kind of started me on a road where uh, now, just you know, in four years, I've raised over twenty million dollars to buy 120 million in multifamily assets. So um, so I think it's, it's really amazing that you know, there's a saying by Brian Tracy, and it's, if you want to earn more, you got to learn more. And so just because I've never done something doesn't mean that you can't learn or I can't learn how to do it and how to, how to, to go about that. So I had some different experiences and raising money and, and, and really doing deals, and i love to be able to talk about that.
0: And, and let me ask you, um, so you started from medical sales and started reading about multifamily syndication and you started helping raising capital because you use other people's money. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. 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 So, so raising capital. Um, and again, when it comes to raising capital, I mean, you really, no one should be a capital raiser uh, because that means typically you're being paid a commission for what you're doing. Um, the way I've done it is I've been a general partner on these real estate deals. And I've done it through, you know, being a part of the asset management, helping in the process of finding a deal, as well as Raising capital and being a part of it. So, so typically, when we say raising capital, that really is something that unless you're a broker-dealer, which is a licensed person, uh, no one really should be just a capital raiser because that's something that the SEC says is really not allowed. So, just want to clarify that real quick. But, uh, but in, in in kind of the collaboration of things, typically you'll have partners that do different activities, and while everybody you know may do certain or do all you know various activities, it's just yes, my role has been a lot of working with investors. I've had over 1,200 one-on-one phone calls with investors, a lot of high net worth folks, and just really feel like I understand who are the people that can really benefit from investing passively in multifamily deals. So a lot of people are wondering, well, how do I find money and how do I do this? And it really starts with just understanding who you're talking to and really what kind of problem that you're trying to solve, because there's a problem that people really need help solving. They just don't know that they need help solving it. They don't know they have a problem always yet.
0: Oh, I see. I see. I understand. So basically just talking to them, tell them that we have these investments. And if you, if you want to invest, then here's a, here we have an offering for you.
1: Well, so that's that, you know, that's honestly a way a lot of people approach it. And I don't think that's necessarily the best way to approach it because it's almost like a, when you go to someone door to door and you say, Hey, uh, I've got you know something great here for you and I've got a new kitchen sink for you to use. It's going to be great. It's going to be so much better than the kitchen sink that you have. And they're saying, well, I don't, I don't need a kitchen sink. My kitchen sink is fine. It's good. Whatever. But what they don't realize is that they maybe they have a problem. Maybe they're spending hundreds of dollars a month on their, on, you know, on, on their bill for um, their water. There's a leak in the sink. There's things that they don't know. So what I would say um, initially is just really trying to help unders- help people um, diagnose their own problem. So when I say that as well, how, is it, how are you mitigating your your tax basis? What are you doing to reduce your taxes? What are you doing to um, to hedge against inflation? What are you doing to you know avoid kind of the volatility of the stock market? And then you start getting to another path. So even before we talk about a deal at all, it's kind of talking about what are the things that they're doing? A lot of people are afraid of the stock market. They're afraid that I want my money in the stock market because I want it to grow, but I'm afraid it's going to drop by 50%. Within a 12 month period, which has happened multiple times in the last number of years. Um, I want to make more money, but I don't want to pay more taxes, right? So these, these, are, these are legit things we have to try to think about when we talk to people that could invest with us, people like yourself, people that are, are professionals, people that are business owners, people that are doctors, lawyers, um, you know, retirees, people that are saying, I want to make more money, I don't want volatility, and I want to pay less in taxes. So first, I try to really understand that for somebody. And then I'll say, you know, we do have a way that really helps to solve that problem. And it is, it's called multifamily syndication. So, again, one is just, uh, you know, kind of even the, the way we approach it. No one wants to be sold, right? If you go to buy a car, you know, you don't want to show up on the line and say, hey, you look, you look good in this great car over here, right? Nobody wants to be sold, right? Everybody yeah. wants to, you know, to, to have their problem solved. So, by letting people talk and understand kind of what they're looking for, Um, it's going to build a lot of relational equity. And then we find out, you know, do what we have is what we have. Could it really help them? And I think for a lot of people, the answer is yes. Um, Not everybody. Not everybody, what we do with multifamily syndication will solve their problems. Maybe something will solve it better for them. So I think it really comes down to one of some of the best salespeople that I know really asks great questions and they really let people share with them. And then over time, the answers and the solutions become clear.
0: Okay, great. That's great. That's a great way to sort of think about and help solve a problem, be a problem solver. Because then you can help. Then they'll probably be more inclined to invest and say yes. Sure. Whereas, right? sure.
1: Well, And sometimes too, the, the best the best say that you get is the one that you didn't get, the one that you refer them to someone else. Or you say, you know what, I just don't think it's the right time for you. I don't think it's this. Because people see that, right? They see that you're really just trying to do what's best for them. And that's really hard when you have a deal and you're trying to raise right now. And you know, you've got to raise $3 million or else you're going to close and you're only halfway there and you really need this, this person's money. But you know, that, that's a vibe that's put out, right? So we never want to, if we're raising money, we never want to put out the vibe that we really need the money, right? We want to just put out the vibe, Hey, we've got, there's plenty of money out there and you know, the right money will come forth and, uh, but you know, it, it's it's challenging to balance that in the middle of a of a deal when you know you need the money to close, right?
0: Exactly. You all know that feeling, right? When you trying to to raise capital yeah, and you, when you have know. a deal yeah. and the time is a clock clock's clicking. So
1: Oh, exactly. Exactly. And it's hard. So, but I think that is a vibe that people can pick up on if we if if we're not very clear on like, okay, hey, this person and their need is more important than the timeline for my deal. And that's hard to, but when that's when that comes across that you really care about people. Um, and that's also why I think it's really important that we tee up investors where we have those conversations, not just when we have a deal, but we have them ahead of a deal, months ahead of a deal. We, we just, we're constantly having conversations with people about what we do. These are the types of deals that we do. These are the types of returns we look for. These are the types of tax benefits that we offer in general. Here's a sample deal, what a deal could look like. When we do have that new deal, those investors are kind of teed up and ready to go for the next deal.
0: And what are your thoughts about using a fund versus a single asset, you know, single asset raising capital in one deal versus using a fund that you have ready? You know, how, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I think there's advantages of both. Um, I've I've never done a fund, meaning a fund that invests only in multifamily. Um, I. There are people that do it. I think if you can raise a lot of money and you've got people throwing money at you, I think a fund is a good idea because you just can raise money all the time. You just get the money in the fund, whatever, and then you go buy stuff. And um, on the other hand, I think there are there are people that can do that. And there are people that are very established that can do that. Um, and I haven't been at that point yet you know, where it's been like, hey, I've just got people throwing tens of millions of dollars at me wanting to invest. Maybe that will be the case at some point in the near future. But Um, I personally, as an investor, um, because I passively invest as well in multifamily and other asset classes, you know, beyond deals that I do, it depends on other people's deals. Um, I I like single asset uh, deals just because I can really verify, you know, this is the deal. This is what I'm investing in. This is the business plan. It makes sense. If you have a fund and you've got 20 properties or 50 properties, or it's like a REIT and you've got a thousand or more properties, how do you know which one of these is not performing if the performance is down? And so I think there's some uh, challenge there, you know, to be able to figure out. So personally, from an investor standpoint, I like individual uh, deals better, but I also understand why some groups. Um, and I know a lot of them, a lot of big groups that, that do funds. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I think it's fine, but I, I prefer to do individual deals
0: personally. That's a good perspective because I was thinking about the fund as a single asset, but I think from your perspective, it can be more relatable because you want to see that hard asset. You want to see what kind of deal if I give you an offering, like a, like a offering investment deck. You want to see exactly what it is. Where is it? What are the kind of expected returns So you can make a decision whether you want to invest or not. Or I think yeah. in a blind fund, it's just a blind fund. You just... You put your money inside, maybe you get a core interest, and that's that's what you have. So that's hard for investors to actually invest because you actually get a lot of trust and just in that blind fund. So yeah, I think I think I think it's a harder barrier. I think to kind of convince in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's great. So you passively invest in multifamily and other asset classes, not just multifamily, um, and you also raise capital. Now, have you ever actually done a deal, like syndicated, uh, like a deal yourself?
1: Um, so, you know, these deals typically what I found they're they're all team. Um, you can syndicate a small deal. It could raise, you know, a small amount for one deal for a certain thing. I, I like it multifamily more than any other sport that I've played more than any other business activity. It's very much a team sport. I don't know anybody. I, I think without exception, I don't know anybody that has syndicated a deal completely on their own. Uh, it's always been with team members with at least one partner, sometimes multiple partners. So it's always been team. So when you say, um, you know, have I syndicated a deal? I mean, yeah, every single one we have syndicated um, and I've been involved in the asset management. I've been involved on the process when the deal was found. I've been involved with working with investors, raising money and as well as investor relations, which is different than the investor relations is after you close on a deal. So it's after it's, it's not considered, you know, uh, raising capital or equity. It's on the other side as well. So um but as far as doing something, you know, on my own, where my new, my company, Bronson Equity, we have not done where we are the primary sponsor on a deal. If that's what your question is, the answer is no. We have not been the primary sponsor on a deal. But also, like I've got other partners that that's their specialty is is working on the operations. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, why should I focus on that when I've got other operators that have set of you know four years of multifamily experience? They've got twenty. And they've got over ten thousand
0: units. You know, I'd, I'd rather leverage their experience than my own. Yes, that's great. That's, yeah, you can you can leverage on the, the expertise and skill set. where you, as a team, you can syndicate together and get it take it down. That's great. So how many? Um, so how many units you have now that you you un, under what you have done? Uh, we have
1: about twelve hundred units.
0: Twelve hundred units. Okay, okay. How many asset on the, What's the asset under man, management number you have now? This is around one hundred twenty million. Okay. Okay. That's really good. That's a really good uh, number. That's a lot of units, and that's a pretty, you know, a savage number. Okay, it's good. And uh, because that's also that's also you. So you're part of um, help Nighthawk, Michael Blanc do some deals, and you help also um, other groups do some deals well too, right, Bronson?
1: So yeah, I worked with Michael Blanc for a bit. So for a couple of years, we worked together, and I was a a partner on uh, several deals there. We have not worked together on a deal. Uh, a new deal in the last year, over a year. So I've just been doing, you know, this will be our third or fourth deal that we've done coming. We just closed on number three. So we've got number 4 we're working on right now. So, yeah. So basically I'm just really about, you know, doing stuff on my own now. So great new world.
0: Okay. Okay, great. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So Bronson Equity is your new uh, company, new firm that you established after Nighthawk Equity. And you just uh, help um, groups, uh, you know do together and syndicate these deals. That's great. Yeah. So let me ask you Bronson, someone who's starting to raising capital, what advice I guess what's your best advice for them to I guess raise money. I mean what what do you what do you say to them when they're first starting out, you know? Yeah. So I think
1: the best thing you can do, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, Jonathan, is that you know when you when you start doing real estate, people don't know you as real estate. Jonathan or real estate Bronson, right? They know they knew me as medical sales Bronson or you as tax guy, Jonathan, right? They they know you as something else. So whatever your background is, that's what people know of you. So when you start saying, Hey, I'm doing real estate, whatever, it, it just takes people a while to really get that story, that this is actually who you are, that you're doing something different. So, I would say in the beginning, um, there's a program called Active Campaign. You could also use Mailchimp, but if you keep going, you're going to have to switch over to Active Campaign or another program later. So, um, start with Active Campaign, and it's an email marketing program, and basically just start sending out, you know, weekly or monthly or periodic emails saying, "Hey, this is." This is what I'm doing now. These are the conferences I'm going to. These are the deals that I'm looking at. These are the things that I'm learning. This is why I like multifamily. And I remember I did this with all my friends and family, and there were something like 200 people on the list. And I, I started doing that for a couple of months, and then I had a deal, and I was all excited. I was going to raise all this money from all these people, and so I had you know a bunch of calls with uh, potential you know friends and family that were investors, I thought, and there were like 65 or six, I think it was 63 phone calls, the surveys I did with you know, individual friends and family. And I had a total of zero invest with me, right? (laughs) Because I just, but I had it all figured out. They were all going to invest, but nobody actually invested. And it just, it takes people a while to understand like, this is, you know, this is, this is what you're doing. And so um, it is important to start telling the story, start telling it early. And now I've seen a few years later, a lot of those people have started to actually invest. So, but it takes time. And again, this is a, this is not a race. It's a marathon. And it just it takes time, and people want to see that if you're going to stay the course. So, I think the biggest thing is just for people to understand what you're doing, how it works, uh, you know, kind of how they can get involved, what are the, the, the benefits or the challenges, or you know, what are the ways they can understand more about multifamily investing. And if you're able to do that, you're able to get people both because you know, these are people that typically that know you and like you, and they have to trust you. It doesn't mean they won't trust you with their friends and family, but they may not trust you. It may trust you if you're a mechanic and you're working on their car because that's your job but if they, are they going to trust you when it comes to actually managing their money and so um, I think I think all of those things are important and I think it takes time to develop it. so the biggest thing I think is just start telling your story right now to friends and family and uh, get an email list get you know conversations as much as you can just to try to get people uh, to tell them about what you're doing.
0: That's a great advice, Francis. I think I really relate with you because when I first started, it was similar. I had zero investors. I made a phone call. I'm like, what's this is this is actually not easy. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to do, actually. But I realized that the first time is no, I mean second time I say yes or the third time. It just takes time. You show them the first deal, I may say no. But then the similar second deal, then you get more serious. You say, hey, listen, hey Bob, you see, I have another deal right now. And he could get more serious. He said, Oh, you know what? This guy is serious. He's actually, you know, trying to work hard, trying to be like in multi family syndication. <laughs> And uh, maybe I'll, I'll consider him and look at his next deal because he does real estate. You know, it's, it's, it's like that. It takes time to to resonate with people. Um, and, and you're right. You just got to talk to them. They have to like you. You're right. They have to trust you. The trust is really critical. They have to trust you. Um, and then if they do, then they will start investing money in you. Maybe small amounts first, and then and then gradually, gradually more and more. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what is your biggest, I guess, lesson learned in raising capital? Um, was there any bad experience you had that you can share with the audience that, that you learned? Yeah, I,
1: I guess how much time do we have? Um, you know there's it, it's, it's just a it's a whole different world. This is even for me like I would say raising money is similar to sales and I have a sales background. Um, so I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with just the sales process in general but I would say it just, it just takes, it takes a lot of learning. There's a lot of times where you're like, you know, things are not set up correctly, meaning you've got everything, you know, you've got had a good webinar, but then you don't have the information. You don't have the PPM ready for people to be able to sign. So they can't even sign or you don't have the the bank information, so they can't wire funds. And so everything you do, I'm like trying to try to make it as easy as possible for, okay, here's the deal. Uh, Actually, here's the thing that we just got some feedback on a deal recently where, we have an investor who her background is very uh, sophisticated, not she hasn't invested in uh, real estate or in multifamily before, but just, she's got a, like a, almost a big wall street kind of background. And she thought our stuff was just a bit disorganized, you know, it was this and that. And then I said, Hey, you know, you're probably right. I'm really sorry. You know, it, it, it is a bit disorganized every time we do, we only do four to five deals a year, typically. And, yeah, you know, otherwise we're doing a lot of education and other things, but um, so, you know, it, it's challenges, you know, kind of operating more as a smaller company and really trying to not come across like you're a smaller company, right? Trying to come across like you do this all the time. This is so easy. You've made it so easy for people, but there's, there's just gonna be bumps and bruises along the way. There's gonna be things that you wish you'd done different. And I think, um, you know, the biggest thing is just continuing to learn, continuing to grow, continuing to find different ways. And I think being willing to be a part of a team, I think that if you really want to scale quickly, how you can do that is by joining people that are already doing it. People that are successful or at the next level and find a way you can add value, whether it's, it is raising money or it's bringing a deal or it's helping out with some sort of, you know, some aspect of deals, you can leverage a way to get into deals. I think it's, it's huge. So I think they're all, that's all, those are all very positive things.
0: Okay, great, great, awesome, awesome. So I think um, that's very good advice. That's very good advice. For someone who's listening. Um, and is there any, I like, guess, any books you like to read and rec- recommend to our audience? Um,
1: yeah, I think the as far as as far as every anything or just as far as raising money specifically,
0: like raise it, raising money specifically, raising capital.
1: Um, yeah, there's a number of them. I think the uh, the Joe Fairless book called uh, the best ever syndication book. I think is. It uh, is a good book just to kind of understand syndication, make sure that, that you know it's hard to sell something if we can't articulate it very clearly. And I think that the more we can understand it, the more we can articulate it, the easier it gets to um, be able to sell whatever it is, just because we know how to talk it through. Um, as far as other books in relation to that, uh, there's a really good book. Uh, this is more about sales in general. It's called Spin Selling. And it kind of has to do with what I was first talking about when you asked a, you know, a question, but really basically, you know, has the idea of what you do is, is really spend a lot more time exploring the nature of what someone's problem is before you try to sell them anything. Because again, if you just you don't have quite the basis there, you don't really know what someone's need is, and you try to you go quick to solution, a lot of times you've lost a lot of people, right? Because they they were still, you know, they were still either stuck on their problem or they really need to understand kind of the pain point a little more deeply before you shifted to solution. And so I think just really being able to underco- uncover, even in conversations with potential investors or friends or families, hey, well tell me, what does this mean? If you could pay less taxes, what would that look like for you? Or if you could reduce the volatility, or if you could have something outside of the stock market, you knew it was gonna be steady and it was gonna have an inflation hedge. What would that mean for you? What would that look like? And, and again, you know, just getting them to kind of put words around it. So that book called Spin Selling, um, it's by a guy named Rackham, uh, R-A-C-K-H-A-M, Spin Selling. It's it's a good book.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you very much, Bronson, for coming on the show. Appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me. If anyone wants to connect, uh, my site's bronsonequity.com. Got this report. It's the single best investing strategy during and after a pandemic. Make a download for free if they like. I also love connecting with folks when it comes to raising money. So feel free to reach out.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for listening. For more information, you can find us online at www.graystonecapgroup.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. See you again next time.